Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you guys today? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, students, uh, right up here. Hey, listen, um, we got a good thing going on today. Uh, we don't have any more chairs, and there's folks sitting out in the lobby. If you got some spots nearby and you could squish in a little bit, do that. Wave your hand and go, hey, come over here, um, like two fingers or whatever. Yeah, you guys come on in. I know you are all stuck out there. Uh, it's a good thing. Give it up for the folks stuck out in the lobby, everybody. We got some seats on the front row. You guys have Adam. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for uh, nobody moved, but thank you anyways. Uh, it's a... Uh, we're so glad you're here. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. Man, we are so glad you're here. Second Sunday of 2020, everybody. You guys fired up about 2020 still? <laughs> or are you like, nah, I'm over it. I'm over it already. Uh, I'm done. I'm done with all that. Um, we're so glad you're here. Hey, one thing before we jump in. Uh, you saw Football Sunday. That's a thing we do every year on the Super Bowl Sunday. We're not allowed to call it Super Bowl Sunday because the NFL will sue you, but we call it Football <laughs> Sunday. Um, Seriously, that's the true thing. Uh, we call it Football Sunday, and we also do a thing around that time of year called Best Sunday Ever, and this year we're going to combine them into one big awesome thing. It's going to be food, it's going to be fun, it's going to be uh, games out front, cool new music, uh, we're going to have brand new merchandise. And by the way, when we sell merchandise here, it's not for us, we give all of the proceeds to our missions partners here and, and around uh, the country and around the world, um, but we're going to have some brand new stuff out there. We've got some exciting announcements to make for you on that day, like you don't want to miss football Sunday, and it's a perfect opportunity to invite friends who are like, eh, I'm not a church guy. Well, are you a football guy? Because we have football going on today, and you're going to hear from NFL players and coaches that day, and it's going uh, to be awesome, so don't miss that. We're, we're in a series uh, called Better, as you saw from the, uh, the uh, package there, where it, 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 we're not shooting for perfection. We're, we're shooting for better. We're not trying to get perfect. We're just trying to get better. And if that means eating some broccoli or running some stairs or cutting a credit card, whatever it is, we've got to take a step towards getting better. And I just want to say this right out of the gate, and this is kind of my message, kind of not, but I just want to say it anyways. If this is your home, like if LifePoint's your home, I just would love to just kind of lean in on you real quick and encourage you to make God a priority in your life this year. And I just want to start by telling you that I'm committed to this, man. Our, my wife and I, our pastors, our, our trustees, our overseers, all of our staff, we are, we are, we're coming in with a lot of prayer. We're, we're in a part of a 21-day prayer thing, and we're, we're fasting, and we're going to give God our very, very best, and we're believing God for amazing things in our church, and we're asking you to join us. And that's what this series is about, is making God first um, all the way through this year, but starting out the first month of the year doing that. Make, make, make God a priority in the first of your week, right? Like, it, 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 be a church person, you know what I'm saying? Like, be, be a church guy, be a church girl, and you're like, what's that mean? That means, like, if you're in town and you're not dying, you should come, and, and if you are, we'll pray for you. Come on, man. <laughs> you should be here, man. Just come. Um, just be a church person. If you've got kids, bring them. You'll, you'll never regret growing your, your kids up in the church. I promise you, you won't regret growing them up in the church. Whether it's this church or wherever you decide, man, grow them up in the faith, and, and it'll, it'll stretch them all along the way. And serve together, man. We love seeing families. Sometimes we'll have entire families as our greeters on the front porch, and they're just serving people uh, all together. And, man, do that and, and put God first and seek God first. Because here's what we said last week, and I think it's so true. When you give God your first and your best, he blesses the rest. Do you believe that with me today? He blesses the rest. 
And, and remember, we're not calling you towards perfection. We're just saying wherever you are, start moving forward. Move life forward. So, last week, and here's the kind of the idea of the series. We said, in life, there is, there is the ideal, like, and I showed you last week a picture of Thor, that dude that plays Thor, whatever that dude's name is. And I said, that guy, that, like, if I worked really hard, I could still not look like Thor, but I could look better, right? And then I showed you what my reality was, and it was Jim Gaffigan. You guys remember that? Because everybody stops me all the time and says, are you Jim Gaffigan? Uh, and I'm not sure if I like it or not, but anyways, um, Jim Gaffigan. There's the ideal, and then there's the real. And, and here's the truth about that. And the issue is that there is a gap sometimes between the ideal and the real. And so sometimes if, if this is my real and the, and the ideal so far away, a lot of times what I'll be like is like, why even try? I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to make progress to that. And so that we just stop before we've ever even <clears throat> started. So in life, there's the real and then there's the ideal. And Jesus, when you read the Gospels, Jesus always pointed towards the ideal. He would say things like, the kingdom of God is, is like this, and it was, a, it was a lofty thing. The kingdom of God is like that. It was a lofty thing. He would say, hey, listen, you've heard it said this, but I'm telling you this, and it was always raising the bar. He always pointed towards the ideal, but he gave grace for the real. He, he didn't condemn the person who's over here wanting to get over there. He didn't condemn them. He gave them grace to make steps all along the way. And so here's the key text for the series in Matthew chapter 6. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And you've heard this text, even if you're not a Bible person, probably if you're not even a Christian, you've heard this text. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We're not saying perfection. Like, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's the ideal. Some of you say, I'm not quite there yet, Dave. That's okay. We're not, we're not trying to be perfect yet. We're just practicing. We're practicing. We're practicing to get better. And, and, and here's, <clears throat> here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're doing at, at the outset of 2020. This is what my family's doing. This is what our staff is doing. We're saying if that's the ideal and I'm over here, then my job is just to point myself at the ideal and start walking step by step by step. And here's why that matters. We told you last week, direction, not intention, determines destination. Like, you can start out 2020 intending to do this thing or that thing or this other thing, this ideal thing over here, but if you don't take steps towards that direction, then you'll never arrive at that destination, no matter how good your intentions are. Everybody with me so far? Direction matters. It, it matters that we take steps in the right direction. It's not about speed. It's about the right direction. So, <clears throat> having said all that, kind of catching you up from last week. Two things I want to ask you to ask yourself, the things that I'm asking myself. First one is this. What is God leading me towards? Like, if, if I'm over here and I need to go there, what is there? What, what is God leading me towards? What does he want for me? What does he have for me? What does he, what is he, what is he equip me to do and he's calling me towards? And so that's the first question. What is God leading me towards? Direction determines destination. Second part of the question is this. So then, what's my next step? Where is God leading me? And then, 
What's my next step? And here's why I want you to ask this question that I'm asking myself. God is calling, I believe God is calling every one of us who follows Jesus towards something this year that may be different than what was last year, maybe better, bigger than last year. And it may require of you and it may require of me a different level of involvement or a different level of sacrifice or a different level of commitment. Like if I want to go from here to there, we talked about it last week, it's not just a question of willpower and trying Paul told Timothy, train yourself to be godly. Like, train yourself. Go into, arrange your life around certain practices that will enable you to do in the future what you're unable to do right now by willpower alone. We're training ourselves. And so what's my next step? Because here's what we know. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for your future. God has a plan for your 2020. He's got people for you to see. He's got places for you to go. And the Bible says that his plan for you is good, it's pleasing, and, 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 and it's to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And you got to believe that with me here. He wants to make a difference in your life. So we're practicing our faith. We're following Jesus, because here's what we said last week, following Jesus will make you better, uh, will make your life better, and make you better at life. Come on, listen, I don't care if you're here, and that's where you want to go, following Jesus day by day, step by step, will make your life better, and will make you better at, <clears throat> at life. So, I don't know about you guys, but I got some allergy things today, so if I just bust out hacking and fall over, just kind of slap me around and let me get back up, all right? Y'all with me today? Okay. Something blew in the other day, and it got me. It got, I had been fighting it off, but it got a brother this time. All right, here we go. So I want to spend some time around a practice, because we talked about arranging our lives around practices that will help us to do what we cannot do on our own. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about fasting. We're in 21 days of that. Today I want to talk about the practice of serving. I want, I want to ask you, I want to invite you to practice your serve. Last week we said that when you make what's important to God, a track with me, when you make what's important to God important to you, he makes what's important to you important to him. Listen, seek first the kingdom of, his God, uh, of God and his righteousness and all these other things that, you're, that are important to you, he said he's going to add them to you. Begs the question, what's important to God? What's important to God? Now, if you go to the Gospels, Jesus would say that he came to seek and save those who were lost, people who were apart from him, people who were, had no relationship with him. So when I picture God, I don't know how you picture God. You may picture God as like, like the picture from, you know, from like the Sistine Chapel. He's got a long white hair and beard and flowy robe. I don't know how you picture him. But what I want you to know about him is when God looks at our world, our planet that we all exist on, when he sees the people on this planet who are hurting and broken and, 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 and are working, <clears throat> like in our country alone, working at cross-purposes, fighting factions, warring, racism, injustice, you know, hatred. He sees this brokenness and this chaos, and so he's trying to fix the brokenness inside of people. Like God <clears throat> is on a mission. Like God is not up in heaven somewhere 
24-7 listening to worship music about himself, right? Yeah, I'll play me that song about me, that one I like again. Like, he's not doing that, right? There are people doing that. There are angels 24-7 doing that. But he's got his sleeves rolled up, man. He, he, he's, he sees a broken planet out there that needs fixing, that needs redemption. And this is his mission, and this is why he came. And that process of restoring people back to God is still ongoing, and, and he wants his mission to become our mission. He's reconciling people back to himself. He's reaching out for the broken and the hurting and the abused and the addicted and those who are hungry and those who are criminals and the rich and the poor and the self-absorbed and the down and out. Everybody, he's reaching for them. That's his purpose. And, and somewhere in the middle of God's purpose is our purpose. There's this, there's this amazing story. I was reading it this week and just kind of refreshing myself about it. Where King David, who is the, the writer of much of the Psalms the, and, 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 and just an incredible king, the second king of, of the nation of Israel. And he has sons and daughters, and two of his sons uh, fought each other, and one of them killed the other one, trying to, to do a kind of an honor thing. And he'd been banned. His name was absolutely been banned and sort of banished from the kingdom. And Joab, his chief of staff, David's chief of staff, is trying to get David to see it's, it's, it's in your best interest to bring Absalom back home, and he sends this wise lady to talk to David, and they construct this kind of a story to help David see a larger truth, and right in the middle of this story, this woman says to David in 2 Samuel chapter 14, she says, but God does not take away life. Instead, he devises ways. I want you to picture God, sleeves rolled up, thinking about it. He devises ways so that a banished person may not remain estranged from him. Think about that. Like, you don't think, like, God's not up there taking a nap. God's not up there listening to some praise and worship music right now. God is devising ways to figure out how to bring people who are estranged from him back into relationship. And here's how he does this. He, he's constantly arranging things where people who are far from him will run into people who are close to him. People who are fired up for him, he has a way of putting them in the path of people who are going, what do I do? How do I figure this out? What do I do with my pain and my hurt and my brokenness? God has a plan, and he wants to involve us in the plan. Look what Paul says to the Corinthians. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, I love this. Like, if you have your Bibles, man, you should outline this passage. You should put asterisks. You should point arrows at it because it's absolutely one of the most amazing passages in all the Bible, one of my favorites. <clears throat> he says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself. And reconciled means just restored relationship. He's re restored relationship uh, to himself through Christ. <clears throat> and then what did he do? Like he didn't just save us and say, okay, you guys are good. Just stay over here until the end, right? He, he gave us the ministry or the task of reconciliation, of, 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 of bringing, restoring relationship between God and people, right? That, that God was reconciling the world to himself in, in, in Christ. And this is one of the great lines in all of the Bible. <clears throat> Not counting men's sins against them. This is the best news you're going to hear all day. I promise you, you're not going to hear anything better than this. Not counting men's sins against them. And now he has committed to us. He's trusted us with the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassador. As though God were making his appeal through us. 
So here's what they're saying. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Like, this is amazing. And what it is for us is it's, it's directional. We're saying direction in ter- determines destination. This text, as a church for us, it's directional. It's pointing us in the direction that we're supposed to go. This is our ultimate purpose, the ministry of reconciling people back to God. Listen to me. You and I both know, we all know people who are far from God, who are estranged from God. And part of our purpose is to help them work their way back to God. We know God is is devising ways. He's dreaming up ways to put things right. He's got his sleeves rolled up. He's reaching his hand out to us to help partner with him. And our first thing is, well, Danny, listen, that's all amazing that we're supposed to be messengers and ambassadors and we're supposed to do that. But, bro, I know that's the ideal, but, bro, I'm, I'm way over here. This is the real. I don't know how to help lost people find their way back to Jesus. I don't, I don't know how to tell them all, all, all. I don't even know how to. I don't even know where 2 Corinthians is. Like, I'm still on my phone right now trying to find it from the last time you said that eight minutes ago. <laughs> Come on, that's real, right? How do you even spell Corinthians? It's like when the, the President Trump said two Corinthians. I was like, that brother doesn't read the Bible very much. <laughs> Second, no, I'm just, anyways. Nobody tell him. Nobody tell him I said that. All right. This is our purpose. This is our mission. This is the ideal, but you're like, bro, I'm over here. Here's the beautiful thing about Jesus, right? He's not asking you to do this by yourself. He's got a plan. Listen, everybody, he's got a plan. He's created these little stations on down all over our city and neighborhoods and along the major highways and then out in the country and in in cities around the, the country and around the world. All over the place, he's got these little stations where people who are far from him can come and try to meet him for the very first time, and they are called churches. He has devised His number one way of reconciling people back to God, his number one method for that is the church. And that's our mission. I don't know what everybody else's mission is, but that's our mission. How do we partner with God to see people who are far from him come home, to be welcomed into the family of God? And I don't have to do it by myself. You know why? Because we got a thing here called the dream team. That's why, and so what that means is that I don't have to know all of the Bible. I don't have to know everything about everything. I'm way over here, but I want to do my part, and my job is just to say, hey, friend, hey, neighbor, we got this cool thing we do at our church, and I know you probably don't like church, but we're going we're gonna to eat donuts and have football Sunday, dude. Like, come to this thing, and, and the dream team, there's people out in the parking lot. We don't even have a parking lot, y'all. We just got some dirt out there. How many of y'all know down two miles down that road we got a parking lot? It's all, we're, we're about to go. We're about to go. A couple more weeks-ish. <laughs> I've been telling y'all it's a couple more weeks for like a couple months. I'm just telling you what they tell me. It's close though, y'all. It's close. We're going to be moving there soon. But we have a parking lot. But still some of y'all are going to park on dirt because we grew a lot. And we, don't, we didn't build a big enough parking lot yet. You're like, you got to get there early, see? If you want to get the concrete, you got to get there early. <laughs> Late people, dirt. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're welcome. Everybody's welcome. All right. What was I even talking about? Oh, dream team. Yeah. Got people out there in the parking lot. We got, we got people up there serving your kids. We got people showing up before dark, before daylight, rather, like to make coffee because y'all drink a lot of coffee. 
Apparently, except they told me, nobody's drinking the coffee. It's like, oh, some people are doing the actual Daniel fast. Nobody's uh, doing that. Nobody's drinking coffee. There's people who are here early to, to, to practice and to pray. We've got prayer teams that are praying beforehand. We've got all these people that were all on the same team, and it's no one person's job to reach one person. It's all of our jobs, and we work it together, and you don't have to be afraid of that. We work it together. And the idea is to put the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And, and what's the kingdom of God? It's just up there, down here. The Bible tells us there's coming a day when God's kingdom will rule and reign over all things. And there will be no more sickness. And there will be no more injustice. And there will be no more racism. And there will be no more wars. There will be no more sex trafficking. No more people going without food. No more fighting around political factions. No more sin. No more bound in chains. Peace and righteousness and joy abound. Jesus rules over it all. Every knee bows. Every tongue confesses the name of Jesus Christ as Lord. 24-7, we're worshiping him. When up there comes down here, that's what's going to happen. But in between the ideal, there is the real. And you and I are living in the real. And our job, Jesus says, is just to help people point people towards Jesus. Point people towards Jesus. Take one step. I don't care where you are, if you're over here or if you're outside the building yet. Come on in and take steps. Take steps. Take steps towards Jesus and his righteousness. Take steps. Practice. Get better at all of this. And Jesus says, hey, what if you guys help me with that? What if you help me? What if you practiced your serve? I know you're not ready for all of it, but what if you just practiced your serve? What, what if it, instead of all, all these excuses that we tend to make around this stuff, like what if we just said, hey God, is this where you're leading me? And if so, what's my next step? Are you leading me to serve God somewhere? If so, what's my next step? How do I do that, Dan? I don't know how to do all this. Real simple, you see a need and you meet it. That's it. You see a need and you need it. Because if, if you see needs throughout your life and you never try to help reach them, you know what you become? Self-absorbed. And you know what self-absorbed people do? They don't make a difference. I'll tell you what they do. I'll tell you what they don't do. They don't make a difference. They only make a difference in their own lives. And the main reason that Jesus is calling us to practice our serve is not just because other people need our service. It's because what happens to us and in us when we serve. In other words, I need to serve for what it does in me and for me as much as I do for what it does for other people. Because what it does inside of my heart, because when I serve, when, I, when I'm kind and when I'm compassionate and when I'm gracious and when I'm loving and when I'm helping, listen, people are drawn to me and I become part of a community and I'm adding value to other people and I'm adding value to my neighborhood and I'm adding value to my city and as a result, it's adding value to me. But here's the reason I think so many people, even good people, even faithful people don't serve. It's just because it's not yet on their mental radar. Do you know what I'm talking about by mental radar? It's like whenever I go on a diet or I fast, guess what gets on my radar all day long? Big red and carnizada. <laughs> Y'all been here. She's been here before. Like I'm thinking about, right now I'm thinking about meat. Any kind of meat. Possum, squirrel. <laughs> this road right here is like a death trap. 1560 for small creatures. Like I'll eat one of them today. I just, maybe not, maybe not. I'll just keep eating some veggies. It's like this. You know what? You go out and buy a new car and you're like, dude, I'm the only one that's got this car. And then what do you notice? Everybody's copying you, man. Like what's, all, what's up with all these people? Everybody got my same car, same color. And they're thinking about the same thing about you, right? It gets on your radar. 
And what I'm saying is, what, what if we just opened up our minds, those of us, man, who, who aren't yet, this hasn't, this, we're not practicing this yet. What if we opened up our minds just to sort of deposit this challenge to become a person who serves the purposes of God, right? And, and, and here's the thing. Whenever you're faced with a decision, do I do, what I do what's natural and just sort of do my own thing and protect me and do my, you know, kind of self-absorbed over here? Or I do what's spiritual and I point myself first towards God's kingdom and, and, and making up there come down here? Like, like I'm faced with a decision. Am I going to fight for it? Or am I going to run for it? You ever, you ever go to Chick-fil-A and the cow's walking around, that big cow in the costume? You're like, what's wrong with this dude? He was just talking about Jesus and his righteousness, and now there's a cow going on. I'm ADD, man. Just settle it in with me, right? I remember taking Naomi, our, our youngest. We went to this one right up here on Bandera, and it was around Christmas time. And the cow comes walking out, and she sees the cow from a long ways off, and she's like, the cow, the cow. She's barely learning how to talk. And so we're like, let's go see the cow. And she's like, yay. And as we get closer to the cow, the cow starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And she's like, I scared a cow. I scared a cow. <laughs> and then she freaks out. And she's like, you know, we, we try to take a picture. And, and you guys taking a picture with, with Santa. And then like the kid's like, ah, you know, this is what was happening with our child. It's like when you go to Disney World and it's like your little four-year-old's like, there's Goofy. And they run up to see Goofy. And as they get bigger, as they get closer, Goofy gets bigger. And it's always, I'm scared of Goofy. And 90% of the kids turn and run. But one of the kids like, I'm going to fight, bruh. I'm going to fight Goofy. And they <laughs> kick Goofy. And then they're like, Mommy, why is Goofy saying all these bad words? You know? Anyways, um, I have a point. I promise I have a point. Like, this is what you got to do. You got to, every now and then you got to kick Goofy. No, I'm, I'm kidding. You, you don't kick Goofy. <laughs> When you're faced with the decision, do I serve or do I make it about me? You're going to have to, that moment, you're going to have to decide, fight or flight. So I'm going to say fight for what is spiritual. You're pointed yourself in the direction at the beginning of the year. Hey, family, we're going to point ourselves towards God. We're not going to be perfect. We're, we're going to mess up. We're going to get distracted sometimes. But we're, we're going to always just kind of keep orienting ourselves towards the purposes of God, towards Jesus. And you're going to have to constantly fight to keep yourself pointed in that direction. And you're going to be like, what if I don't measure up? And what if I don't have what it takes? And what if I step out and, 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 I, and I volunteer for that thing or I step up for that thing and then, like, it's scary and I don't know how to do that and it freaks me out. Listen, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you just roll the dice and whatever it comes up with, you just pick that thing to start serving at. I'm just saying God's going to lead you and God's going to guide you and God's going to direct you. He's, he wants to. He's down there going, hey, come over here. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll help you. Come on. I, I've got you. There's grace. I'll help you. You won't do it perfectly. I'll help you do it, though. And when you, when you get there and you, tr you step out in faith, he, the Bible says that you have everything that you need for life and godliness. Everything you need for life and godliness is already inside of you. So you may feel ill-equipped or I don't have what it takes, but you got to trust that God knows what he's doing and he's equipped you. And we want to help you discover what that looks like. We have this thing that we do every, every month called Growth Track. It's happening next Sunday. Usually it's the first Sunday of the year, but we ain't competing with that. Nobody's, ain't nobody got time for that. You know what I'm saying? But next Sunday, we're going to be doing it right down in this room here and we'll help you figure out what that is. But what's the result of, of doing this? When you decide to serve, you break the control of self-centeredness that all of us, myself included, are prone to. You break the back of that when you serve. Service damages self-centeredness. Jesus models this for us. In, in, in John's gospel, John chapter 13, this is one of my favorite stories. 
the Bible says it was time for supper. And just when you hear this word supper, this is the last supper that we reference. We call this the last supper. The last time Jesus is going to do life with his best friends. And here's what it says. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over what? Everything. And that he had come from God and he was going back to God. Now look at this. Look at this text. Jesus knows that he's been given all authority, right? And so what does he do with this knowledge? What does he do with all of this authority? And so in light of that, he began to wash his disciples' feet. Like you imagine you, if you are working for some giant corporation like USAA and, the, and whoever the CEO is of USAA and some of you work there, says, come into my office. I want to tell you, I'm retiring and, and today I'm turning all of the power, all of the authority over USAA to you. You can do whatever you want with it. Most of you are going to go, I remember that dude that punked me out last week. I'm going to fire him today, right? That's what you're going to do. But Jesus doesn't do this. He doesn't go get after these guys. Like he could have he said, hey guys, let me tell you something. I'm about to leave. I'm going to get crucified. I'm going to be resurrected. I'm going to take off. And here's what I need you to know. You need to get in early on Amazon and Apple, man. It's going to go big. <laughs> take that. Here's who's winning the Super Bowl in 2020. And use it on that. And bro, it's going to change your life forever, right? He didn't do that. That's probably what I would have done. But that's not what he did. He says, my time has come. I have authority over everything. And I want to leave you with an illustration of what's important to me. What's important to God. And Jesus says, I'm going to leave you guys with an indelible impression about what matters to me. And here he is, serving. And you and I are never more like Jesus. We are never closer to the kingdom of God and his righteousness than when we are serving the purposes of God on this earth. Be, did you just say we're supposed to be like Jesus, Danny? Dude, I'm living over here in the real, bruh. And you're talking about something over there in the ideal. Like Jesus was like raising dead people and walking on water. And you're talking about, you're talking about be like Jesus? That's a how never level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was God. Jesus was God. So he had that whole thing going for him that you and I don't. But he was also not only the master of the wind and the waves and the seas, he was the master of the small. He served when he invited people to eat with him. He served when he washed his disciples' feet. He served when he defended the lonely and the broken. He served when he got up between the mob who wanted to stone a woman who had sinned, and he got in between them. He served that lady. He spoke kind words. He looked people who other people would ignore. He looked them in the eyes. He touched people who no one else would touch, like lepers. He would touch them. He fed people who were hungry. Those were all things that you and I can do as well. Small. He was the master of the small. And can you adopt an attitude that says, what's the need and how can I help? That's it. So, so you're like, I'm over here, Danny. In the real world of busy and schedules and work and pressure and kids and, and soccer and football and, and, and baseball. I'm in the real of that world and I don't know how to get over there. You just take a step. What's God leading you towards and you just take a next step? You, you, could, you could lead a life group. You could lead a life group here. Too hard, Danny. I don't know how to do that. That takes real serious skill Oh, yeah, because I'm leading a parenting group this year. You know what my number one job is? Press play. 
and make sure there's some snacks. Because if you ain't got no snacks, ain't nobody coming. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and the better the snacks, the more people want to come to your group instead of somebody else's group who has worse snacks. That's how hard it is. I got to press play on my computer. And then I got to lead people in conversations. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray with people. And I don't have to, I don't have to lead all the prayers. We're just going to pray together for a couple minutes. Hey, what's going on in your life? How can we pray? That's how hard it is to lead us. You, 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 could, you could park cars like they do out in front. You, you could spend an hour with some amazing kids, tell them about Jesus and tell them about how much you love them. And, and, and you could be high-fiving those kids and, and tell them how awesome they are. We got growth track next week. You could show up to that and just figure out how do you even plug in? How do you get involved? You could do that. But you don't have to just partner here. If you're like, nah, I don't know about this. I don't, know if I'm, I don't even know if this is my church yet. Cool, bro. You can kick the tires, you can check it out, you can come as long as you want and not do anything you want. But at some point, someday God's going to go tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, it's time for you to get in the game. And whether you do that here or whether you go out, we partner with some incredible organizations here in the city. We got, we got an organization called Urban Faith. They're doing incredible works at, at the, um, the Lincoln Courts, man. The city of San Antonio gave them a giant a whole apartment building, the whole building. And they're doing amazing stuff. As a matter of fact, last semester, one of our life groups, every, I think it was every Wednesday night, they went down to Urban Faith and served there with those kids, loved on those kids, taught those kids, fed those kids. And it was amazing what they were doing. We got another one called S.A. Heels that we partner with. We just partnered with their Christmas program and sent them a lot of money and volunteers over there to help them do what they do. But they're in the schools, man, helping kids who are falling behind on the Near East Side, helping them fall, who are falling behind, kind of giving them a helping hand, making sure that they're getting treatment if they need it, helping with scholarships, whatever it takes. They're working with those kids, making a difference. Agora on the near west side, man. They're doing incredible. They're planting churches. They're raising up men and women of God. They've got food banks. They're, they've got student services. They've got all kinds of stuff that, they're, that, that, that they need volunteers with. You could do that. This past Thursday night at a, at a, at a, a citywide prayer gathering of pastors at North Rock Church, my friend's church over there off of 281 and 1604, they, they talked to us about a new organization here. It's not even that new. It's just one I hadn't heard of called Ransomed Life Texas. Ransomed Life is a community of healing for sexually exploited girls who've gotten caught up in sex trafficking. They're literally slaves, and they're rescuing these kids off the streets, these girls off the streets, and many of them are addicted because they got people who are injecting them with drugs and getting them addicted to where they can't run away, and they're hurting, and they're harmed, and they're broken, and they have, they're hopeless, and they're 15, and they're 16, and they're 17-year-old girls, and sometimes even younger, and they've been caught up, and they've been brought here from other countries. They've been stolen and kidnapped, and they come through San Antonio by the thousands every year. Go read it. It's out there. And here's an organization saying, we're going to come alongside them and help them. But Danny, I'm way over here, man. I don't know how to get involved in changing the world. Can you make a sandwich? Can you, can you put together a meal with these people who are serving these kids? Can you come alongside of them? Like, take a next step. What is God pointing me towards, Danny? I promise you one of the practices he wants you to do is to serve with your skills and your talents and your stories and your abilities and your know-how and your availability. He's pointing you towards being part of the purposes of God. I promise you that's one of them. And you got to say, what's my next step? The Bible says of David in Acts chapter 13, last verse, just says this, David served God's purposes in his own generation. Like if, if that's what would be said of me at my funeral or after I was gone, Danny served God's purpose in his own generation. 
You know what I'm going to hear when I see Jesus someday? Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what the Bible says. Well done, good and faithful servant. I just did what I knew. I just did the small things. I just took the next steps. I just kept orienting myself. I just kept my eyes on Jesus, Hebrews chapter 12, the author and the finisher of my faith, who for the joy set before him endured the shame of the cross. I just keep my eyes on him day by day, little by little. Those of you who figured this out, serve with all your heart. Those of you who haven't yet figured this out, realize there's something going on in this world that's so much bigger than me, so much bigger than even we. God's purposes are unfolding all across the world, and I want to be part of it, and I want you to be part of it as well. Amen, somebody? Can we pray together? Lord, thank you so, so very, very much for your goodness and for your word. Lord, there's, 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 it's easy for us to walk out of here feeling one of two ways. We can feel guilty because we're not doing something, and, and that's not the intent here today. The intent is, Jesus said in John 10, that he's come to give us life, life abundantly. The, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. The thief comes to try to make us make our lives all about us, and he cheats us in the process. But Jesus says, I've come to give him life and life to the full. And part of life to the full is this, involving myself in the purposes of God. Lord, we could, we could walk out feeling guilty or we can walk out feeling inspired today. You know what? I can do something. I can get involved. I can do something consistently. It may be just once a month right now. Maybe that's just the one step I can take, but I can get involved somewhere in this city, somewhere in this church, or if not this church, some other church, God. I can get involved. I can plug in. And in doing so, I, I begin to change the world. In doing so, I begin to close the gap between the real and the ideal. And you're going to help me do that, I pray. You're going to give me grace for when I don't get it right. You're not going to condemn me, God. You're going to give me grace all along the way. It's not about trying. It's about training. My job is just to open up my heart and my life to you. And you, the Bible says the spirit blows wherever he wants to. And God, you'll just steer me. And you'll just guide me all along the way into the things I'm supposed to be part of. And I pray that over every person here, God, you'd bless them. You'd give them grace. You'd strengthen them. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said a good amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so very, very much for being here today. Amen. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.